Welcome back to episode 202 of Your Best Year Starts Here. And I've got a question for you, Nigel. Go for it. What is a question that you get asked more than anything else about what you do for a living? How did I start? Oh, we've talked about that one. That's in, no, that's in some I, episodes I get, already. Get, but no, is, but is, that, is that the me. number one question? Um, how, did, how did you start? What made you... Uh, and, and, and do you get nervous when you speak? Okay. And do, like, and do you get nervous do. when you speak? It's really interesting now... The only times I get nervous when I speak is when I've not prepped properly because people just think I just show up on stage. Mm -hmm. I've done a lot more prep, even as a monkey, than people give me credit for. Mm -hmm. But there are times where either I've not heard the brief properly and then when I've got there, they've changed something or the audience has changed. And then I've got to quickly think, how far can I push them? As you know, my style is to push people. No. And get get under (laughs) people's skin. No. And then sometimes, you know, so this week I was doing... You were telling me you wind people up next and, and like, you know, you, you take the mick out of the event MCs and, you know, the other speakers, and I've never experienced that. You, you've never done but, but that. But it's worse <laughs> is that I was out of control doing a, a, a thing in South Africa where someone else was running my slides. Okay. And the minute I'm now... And this is where I have some control issues. The minute I'm not in control of my slides and I'm not kind of going, next slide, please, and the slides aren't moving... Okay. Yeah. In my mind, I'm thinking, thank God they can't read my mind because it's not pleasant what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. Because I think I'm thinking the audience must be thinking, I don't know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And there's a point where they're right because I'm not in control of my slides. Mm-hmm. So the times I get nervous is where either I can't see who's moving my slides or the computer is way somewhere else and I and I don't know what's going on. I love AV teams because they're phenomenally brilliant. Yep. But there are occasions where something's going on and it's not linking. And if I, if I knew that, I'd just add lib on stage and I'd be fine. The problem is, just as I start speaking, a slide comes on. Yeah. But what's, the, what's the weirdest experience you've had in terms of screens? I know what mine is, but what's yours? Well, I've got two. One is being at Celtic Manor and all the electricity went off. Okay. And there were like 400 people. So I did a closed eye process. So I thought that would be a good thing to do. <laughs> In the dark, um, yeah. <laughs> and, and the other was falling off the back of the stage and really hurting Ouch. myself. Well, I thought it was a fixed screen. And I was and I leant on the screen. And it wasn't. And I fell out the back of it. Ouch. Now, a, yeah, friend of mine, a friend of mine has a great line when that happens. And he says, I'll now take questions from the floor. <laughs> I think that's just a brilliant line. Um, it's not my line, by the way, but I've used it, but it's not my line. Oh, but it was that. one of those moments where I'm literally, and it, and the problem is that shock of falling. I mean, I've had nosebleeds. I've only had two big nosebleeds on stage, but I can deal with that bit. But when you fall off the stage, yep. not great. Yep. Um, brain aneurysm moment was horrific, but I don't, know, I don't remember about it. Yep. I presume you're asking that question because you're getting asked this a lot now. No, actually, I, the, the the latter part about the screens, just as you were talking about, like getting nervous and stuff like that. There was something in something you said that made me think of the time I was doing an event. It was an evening event at a like a golf course in like the you know the the the, the function room, big room, decent number of people, um, and there was a major. I can't even remember what it was, but there was some sort of major sporting thing going on that night, and so I was really nervous about how many people would turn up. 
Because um, it wasn't England playing football, but it was something along those kinds of lines, you know? It was something that you knew a lot of people might stay home and watch rather than turning up, even though they bought events for, you know, tickets for this event. And um, partway through my speech, partway through my presentation, the screens behind me changed and started showing the sport. Because somebody somewhere had obviously used a remote control in another part of the building and it had triggered the projector too. And the guy who was like hosting the event, emceeing the event, he was like, oh, don't worry, we'll get it back. I'm just like, turn it off. And he's like, no, just turn it off. Because I could see the audience were suddenly paying attention to this thing that they decided they were going to come out and ignore, but now they know what's happening in it. You know, and interestingly, they did turn it off. I should point that out. But interestingly for me, actually them turning it off and me finishing the speech without the slides I think actually made it more powerful than with the slides on because it showed people that I must know what I'm talking about because the prompts we rely on our slides to share a message yeah when if you know there's a technical issue I worked with the police in a very very large room on a very very hot day and there were no screens yeah and if you know when I do my animal stuff I, I put some stuff on the wall and I did it all without a screen yep I just had my four animal hats and the feedback was phenomenal because I just played it in a different way. Yep. And I think sometimes we have to trust ourselves that we know enough about our subject that really the slides is just a bonus. Yep. Well, they're there to augment, right? Not to, not to replace. They're not there to be a script. They're not there to be the focus. They're there to add to the thing that you deliver and that you do. And I, you know, again, I think one of the things that I've seen with, and this isn't meant as a, as a criticism of, of anybody, but one of the things I've seen with some people with presentations is they rely way too heavily on their slides. You know, it's like the slides of the presentation and they're the guy reading them or the girl reading them as opposed to like they're the, they're the thing you've come to see and the slides are in the background supporting them. And it's, it's, the, it's a delicate balance between the two that I think sometimes goes the wrong way. Well, that's for anyone who's doing presentations, whether it's um, to a vendor, whether it's in a marketing, or whether it's to a large corporate audience. Yep. In a way, you should be able to send your slides in advance to say, I'm going to send you the slides so you've got some background after I've finished, yep. and I'm going to share some additional information so you haven't got to worry about the slides because I'm going to give them to you. The problem is most people are too nervous to do that because people think they're going to read ahead and get the answer. Yeah. That's just the way it is. Yeah. So I'm just sharing for everyone. So I get asked a lot, how did I start? Do I get nervous? And probably, I'm just thinking about the way I get asked that question, you know, how, what, how did you get going into this? You know, mm-hmm. what made you go into mm-hmm. this? And, and what made me go into it was that I'd helped loads of people buy businesses, but what I really wanted was help them run their businesses. Yep. And so that part was slight by accident. But I still love challenging a team in a way to say, this is where you are. If you're happy where you are, you don't have to listen much more. But if you want more progress, something's got to change. Yeah. It's interesting, actually. Again, like, you know, one of those things you don't expect to come out sometimes. I, I discovered, it's not new. I should point out, it's not new. I discovered a new part of my own origin story that it's always been there, but I've never talked about it. Like, you know how sometimes we have this thing in, in the background that we know is there and we know the impact is out on our lives, but we just, we just don't talk about it. We just choose not to go there. We just choose not to have that conversation. And um, in the last, I don't know, six weeks, eight weeks, with some of the changes that have been going on in my life and talking to some people about some things I'm doing now that I wasn't doing before and stuff like that, it's brought that story out. 
and it's kind of um it's kind of fascinated me a little bit the the depth of that story and the impact it's had on like pretty much all of my life from the age of i don't know teenage years onwards but i hadn't really connected the dots in the way that i now have um and i know some people will be listening to this and going all right what's the story then neil um so i think i'll probably share that story but i think i might wait for the next episode well it's really interesting your past stories and past events and even though we talk about you know the past a place of reference yep. not a place of residency there are stuff in your past that will show up years later and someone will say well i had no idea it had an impact and when i coach i'm often asking some very weird questions in the very first session because i normally ask three questions when i coach you know why coaching why now why me yep then i share i'm going to ask you some questions that won't seem related to what you think and when i write some notes down it's because it's triggered something in me and i'm going to ask you a bit later on yep. and then i'll say something like banana or sausage or and they'll go <laughs> but it's interesting you say that because and i'll go well that's because something triggered in me and i'm asking you and they'll go well i don't think that has any relevance and i go well, what a surprise that this story is part of your story for your life and why you always and i hate saying that word but why you nearly always do this yep. and why you'll leave your business at five o'clock and you'll always do that or why your relationships don't work or and they'll go well, i had no idea well yep. there's a there's a reason why we do certain behaviors and the problem is you don't always have to go into therapy for it but therapy is great but what you do need to recognize which is why having diaries and writing notes from your past is really important because you'll see certain triggers always occur every three or six years yep and it's really interesting this time period because most people will do something really well for about a time period and then they'll either self-sabotage or they'll sell too early or they'll get divorced or they'll do something. You kind of go, why'd you do that? Yeah. And then you go back to the original story and then you and find it's, out. It's hidden maybe there somewhere. In, yeah. Well, in I a mean, couple of weeks you'll share. Well, as I, say, I mean, for me, it's something that made me realize why I'm so passionate about part of what I do, but I didn't, I didn't connect those dots. And I think, yeah, on the next episode, I'll happily share that story. But what I kind of want to talk about more here is, you know, bit like you just said what what's that thing in your own story like what is it in your own story that dictates the results you're getting today or you know is the is your motivation for why you show up for what you do you know there's a great book start with why but sometimes there's multiple layers of why you know and we might we might have a certain depth of our why we might have a certain understanding of of our of our motivations for things but when we dig deeper under the surface sometimes there's more there and i don't know if it's just a time thing i don't know if it's just a timing thing i don't know if it's a you know you hear other people's experiences and you go oh crap that like i did that too but you've kind of ignored it i don't know what it is that brings some of these things out when they come out but i but i do know that when you have that realization of like connect steve Jobs said it didn't he you know you can't connect the dots looking forward you can only connect them looking back and i think sometimes when those dots connect up it's like Oh, wow. Now this makes a lot of sense. So I think my my challenge to anyone that's listening to this, and I'm going to share say, share that story in the next episode, but for anyone that's listening to this between now and the next episode, what's something that keeps showing up in your life? You know, what's something that you know has had a major impact on you and, you know, either positive or negative, and how are you letting it influence you today? And are you using it in a way that's positive, even if the experience wasn't? That's, that's my big question there and cool. um yeah i don't know if you got anything you want to add but if not let's do the title music and wrap this one up Your best shit, it starts right here.
See you next week.